This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success podcast. I am your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we have Frank Viverito in the studio with us. Frank, how are you doing today? Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Frank. I know you are a busy man in the St. Louis community, and uh, it's great to have you over here and uh, get to talk St. Louis sports, get to talk about what's made you successful. And uh, I know you've been in sports basically your whole life. And uh, so why don't you walk our listeners through who Frank, Frank Viverito is? Well, I'm a native New Yorker, but don't hold that again. <laughs> I became a Cardinal fan the minute uh, we moved to St. Louis, which was back in 1982. Um, graduate of Rutgers University, uh, master's degree in sports management from the University of Massachusetts where I met my wife. Uh, we both work in sports and have for the past uh, 37, 38 years. Um, we started our family in St. Louis. We have two sons. Uh, I've worked for uh, University of Missouri St. Louis. I've worked for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, the St. Louis Convention and Visitors Commission, and for the past 22 years, uh, president of the St. Louis Sports Commission. Uh, Patty works for the Missouri Valley Conference. She's in her 35th year. That's the reason we moved to St. Louis. I'm what you call a trailing spouse. Well, you're a darn good trailing spouse. So uh, I just want to mention a few things that you've uh, really been the leader on since you've been with the Sports Commission. But I, I don't know if people know exactly what all the Sports Commission does out there. I'm, I'm blessed to be on the board of directors with that and uh, and thankful to be a part of that team. But So under your leadership, they've brought the NCAA Men's and Women's Final Four, the NCAA Wrestling Championships eight times, the Frozen Four, the Mizzou versus Illinois game that we all know about six times, the United States Figure Skating Championships, the U.S. Olympic Diving Trials, the U.S. Gymnastics Championships three times, and one of my favorite things uh, that we'll talk about later, but is the Mutual Awards, which has gotten a lot of stuff uh, around the country exposure. So with that, Frank, I know, and you and I talked about this before, but that doesn't just happen, right? And it doesn't just happen by itself. So walk us through some of those things. It doesn't just happen by itself. But if you're trying to do it in a place that's that's a great sports town, that, that sort of understands and loves sports, it makes it a lot easier. And, and it's not just how well do the Cardinals draw, it's what an incredible sports history this region has, okay? And, and you can take it back as far as you want, but you know, in 1904, it, it was the first city in America to host the Olympic Games. That, that's an incredible That's a big deal. Okay, um, look to 1906, and St. Louis University had a football team back in 1906. 
and they came up with an innovation, a play-calling innovation that very few people were aware of at the time. It was called the forward pass. Hmm. And football's forward pass was invented in St. Louis. I've never heard that. Um, then you think about um, other sports. We know the baseball history, which is which is incredible and, and, and unrivaled. You know, maybe the Yankees, maybe the Dodgers. But um, uh, we think about, you know, we know about the baseball history, but then, then there's other sports, the tennis history, okay? Dwight Davis, and, and, and people don't realize, they, they may have heard of the Davis Cup, but, but who, who was Dwight Davis? Well, he introduced the concept of municipal tennis facilities, okay? Tennis was a sport for the rich, and Dwight Davis popularized it for for everyone, and and so you know we look at we look at boxing, we look at bowling, uh, in, incredible firsts in, in history. Soccer, the the 1950 World Cup, how many uh, soccer championships for uh, for St. Louis University, and, and it goes on and on. It's a fascinating sports history. It's as rich a sports history as there is in the United States, and, and so I think that creates fertile ground for an organization like ours, which has as its mission to uh, help make St. Louis a better place to live, visit, work, and play through sports. And, and I'm proud of the fact that, that we are self-funded. Um, you know, we, we, we are not a, a public organization, an independent nonprofit that, uh, you know, works for the benefit of, of the region. It's kind of two sides to us. One side is the, uh, uh, is the business side. That's a business nonprofit, um, the St. Louis Sports Commission, focused primarily on those events that you talked about. And then the second side is the uh, St. Louis Sports Foundation, and that's our charitable nonprofit, and, and that's focused on helping kids lead happier, healthier lives through sports, with a with a particular focus on uh, good sportsmanship, elevating, celebrating, educating, uh, all around being a good sport, and and, and it all comes together. Um, because these are all things that, that St. Louis is. That St. Louis is a great sports town. Um, St. Louis is home to the Olympic Games, which is an, another initiative of ours to celebrate that Olympic legacy. But not only is St. Louis a good sports town, but, but St. Louis is a town of good sports. Okay, and that's a very significant yeah. distinction. And, and, and it's not just, um, you know, that... Cardinal Nation and and uh, baseball heaven and, and all that, it, it, it goes back to, to the times when people like uh, Gussie Bush and Jack Buck and and our hero Stan Musial tr- truly taught generations of Cardinal fans to be good sports and and I think when you um, <clears throat> I use this line a lot if, if we were playing Family Feud. And the top five answers were on the board. And the question was, what's the best thing about St. Louis? I really think the number one answer would be, it's a good place to raise a family. And I would agree. if it's a good place to raise a family, then, then it has to be, it, it, it has to have strong education. It has to have great opportunities for kids. It has to have a 
wholesome atmosphere and environment. And, and sports are a big thing in, in kids' lives. And, and, and so kids should, should be connected to sports and should learn to be good sports because that's going to keep them playing. And, and if they keep playing and keep having fun playing, then they're going to grow up to be the happier, healthier right. adults that, that we're looking for. So it starts early. And, and both of those areas are, are important to us, the, the event side, the economic development side, and, and the kid and sportsmanship. So talking about the kids now, I mean, you know, I have four boys and you had you have two boys. And, and so you've, you've seen the sports change, right? I know when I was a kid, the way sports were versus the way it is now. I mean, let's focus on that sportsmanship. I know, you know, you guys talk a lot about the Olympic legacy and sportsmanship. That's the stuff that people really don't know much about. But what sportsmanship mean to Frank? Well, um, we've isolated, I think it's eight values. And, and sportsmanship is a little bit different for everyone. And that's completely fine because we don't put a definition of sportsmanship out there to say this is this is what it is, but but it does include things like selflessness. It does include integrity. It does include class. It, it, it does include generosity. Okay, and and it, and what it doesn't mean, okay, is it doesn't mean to be a good loser. Okay, it means to be a good winner or a good loser. Right. Okay, and and so we want everyone to to sort of define what a good sport is to them. And, and you can easily understand that, that good sport, being a good sport, that's not just a sports term, that, that's a life term, okay? And, and so we, we see sportsmanship as connected to, to one of the highest ideals of, of the Olympic movement. Um, and we see good sports as something that people just sort of need to be in life. But what we really don't see as much is 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 an important number uh, statistic that, that that came out of a Michigan State uh, survey a, a while ago, and it said seventy one percent of kids stop playing organized sports at age thirteen, and the number one reason for that is they stop having fun. Wow. Okay, and and when when adults, parents, coaches stop making sports fun when the ride home from the game is is really miserable when when mom or dad wants to see their own athletic fantasies played out with the yeah. kids when when kids aren't having a good time when they're not treating each other well it, that's when they stop playing and and so sportsmanship to us is something that should be celebrated through our museal awards program. It, it's something that, that that needs education. I think sportsmanship should be a part of every physical education curriculum in, in elementary school. And you know, if you're going to do push-ups and and uh, and run a hundred-yard dash, you ought to have a little segment on on how to be a good sport. And and so it, it has a, a, a lot of pieces to it and, and it's something that that kind of resonates with everybody when i start asking people about what's it like to be a good sport everybody has a story right okay and, and, and it could be their story it could be their kid's story it could be their grandkids story but but everybody has a story and and when something resonates with people that then, then i think you're onto something 
and, and, and I see us with an opportunity to, to connect sportsmanship to St. Louis in a national way. That's what the Museum Awards do. Um, but I also see sportsmanship as something that's really not owned out there by, by anybody. It's not pervasive enough. It's not broad enough. And, and, and so we want to get out there and kind of own sportsmanship if we can and, and make sure it's a part of everybody's education and everybody's life. I would. I mean, wouldn't you agree? That's why we always get that best fans in baseball. For those those people listening around the country, I think almost in every show I talk about the Cardinals. I have a huge passion for it. But I, I do. I mean, I really truly believe that. But the part you have to remember is this didn't just happen over the course of the last ten or fifteen years when they've had some very significant success. That you know they had a, a World Series drought through two thousand four and, and we've all kind of been spoiled right. for the for the past thirteen years as how good the team has been. But but the best fans in baseball have been around for, for decades and decades and and, and and that's why there's such good fans is, is because, you know, our, our moms and dads, and, and to an extent, our, our grandmas and grandfathers, right. you know, listen to those games, you know, on the radio decades ago and, and cared. And, and I think part of it is the demographics of St. Louis. It's, it's a less transient place than a, than a lot of other cities are. And, and so it doesn't, um, you know, you're, 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 you're not from somewhere else right. as, as readily as you are, you know, when you're, when you're in, uh, you know, New York or Los Angeles or Miami or, or, or some of the coastal cities. And, and so we all grow up or so many of us grow up as, as Cardinal fans. And that's what makes a great fan is a lifetime connection to the team of the sport. What, what would you say, speaking, let's go to the business side a little bit of this, and what would you say, um, I'm not even going to bring up the team that left, because uh, you get asked that question a, a million, uh, <laughs> exactly. Probably only been asked that a million times, right? And But let's focus on what we've got and, and what, we've, what we hope that we're going to have. Uh, let's talk about the ownership group of the Cardinals and the Blues, what they mean to this city, what they mean to these organizations, uh, let's talk about that. I think one important thing about the Rams' departure is that I think we've come to understand since it happened that it wasn't about us, okay? And 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 I think that's really important for the fans and for the community to understand that 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 we did the best we could to keep them, we did the best we could to support them. And, and, and now that, that the decision was made for them to move on, whether it's the team, the league, you know, whether you look at what's happened in, in other cities that were challenged by similar uh, uh, circumstances like uh, Oakland and, and San Diego, it, it is what it is. Right. But, but I think we can move on, and that's an important thing. Well, I think, too, I mean, you know firsthand Dave Peacock, he's the the chair of our sports commission, and he was appointed by the governor to run the task force to keep them. I mean, what would you – I mean, you obviously you guys talk all the time. What did you learn from him through this whole process? Well, I mean, one thing I learned from Dave is uh, is resilience, okay? That's, yeah. that's huge. I, I've never met anybody who is as resilient as Dave. Yeah. You know, and that's a, a big thing in sports is you get knocked down, you get back up again, and you move ahead. You don't even think about it. Um, you know, the, the, the sister to or the brother to resilience, I think, is perseverance. You know, and that's one of our sportsmanship words as well. So you just have to keep 
after it. And, and then he bounced back. Right. It's a setback. And, and, and Dave absolutely, you know, with an, a, an almost ridiculous challenge to get that done in such a short period of time, which really short-circuited some of the things that they would have liked to have done, um, you know, to put a deal together. But they still got that deal done. And and so it wasn't it wasn't accepted by the league uh, or the team, but but the deal did get done. Right. We we did our part, and, and so I think that decision was made before all that. Whatever, right. you know, but but we did our part, and, and then you know you asked about the leadership, the ownership of, of the uh, Cardinals and the Blues, and and all you have to do is just just look at just a cursory glance shows you. Um, you know, and, and maybe the best word is a commitment, okay? And, and, and not just a commitment, but a commitment and an understanding is, is that these fans want to be connected to their teams. These fans want to be connected to their owners. And, and when the fans feel like, like they're part of the show and, and they're appreciated, then, then they are the best fans in, in sports. And I think that, that the Cardinal owners and the Blues owners t- together um, I don't know that there really are more committed ownership groups in any sport in any city in the country, and and they show that at, at every turn. Yeah. Okay. You know, you you see that in 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 the Blues working so hard uh, along with the Cardinals to bring the NHL Winter Classic to to Bush Stadium this year. You, you see the way that they're the, the Blues are celebrating their 50th anniversary. You know how hard and how much they right. really want to win it. Well, I think too. Seeing those guys show up to our board meetings. I mean, oh, you know, Dewitt there the other was it yesterday morning or two mornings ago there, and uh, you know, I'm just fascinated every time I see it. All the time, yeah. and and their passion is clear. I mean, you watch a, a Blues hockey game, you're going to see Tom Stillman right. up in his box cheering as loud as anybody. Right. I've been up in Tom Stillman's box. Don't sit next. <laughs> you could get hurt. When yeah. You lose score goal. That's how. That's how excited and how passionate he is. And, and it's and it's it's really a blessing for for local sportsmen. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was walking into the Winter Classic. Uh, this might, I think it was either the game or the alumni game. I can't remember which. But uh, we were walking in, and I saw Tom, and he was uh, taking selfies with all the fans, just walking in like the rest of us. I'm like, here's the guy that you know owns the whole thing. And I think the first thing, he's an athlete. Okay, he loves to play. The, the next thing is he's a fan. He, he just loves, you know, loves the game and the team. And the third thing is he's the owner. Right. Right. That's almost incidental. So walk us through the business side of, of your philosophies uh, to be successful. Um, you know, you, you, all the things I mentioned earlier, again, we said those don't just happen. And so walk us through your, your business side that you could share with the business leaders that are listening to this of what you believe to get the things done, to be a team player and be great. Well, you, you, just, you just said it. Um, the whole key for us is team. Okay. And and you know you think about that in a couple different ways um we all know i think that the 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 core of of good business would be good relationships okay and and those are formed differently and matter differently take different shape in in different industries but when we look at the the sports commission a a civic organization economic development organization a, a sportsmanship organization um we understand that's all we have are our relationships okay um we don't have uh, an arena we don't have um 
an actual team. We don't have a product on store shelves. We, we don't have mm-hmm. investment accounts. We, we don't have anything, okay? All we have are, are our relationships, our reputation, our experience. And, and so we have to value that um, beyond everything else. And, and so we have to bring a team together that, that can get that can help us get things done for the benefit of, of the region. And, and so that's that's our biggest challenge is, is, is how do you put that team together? And, and the people or the companies on that team have to be funders, investors, businesses. They have to be facilities. Um, in, in a lot of cases, they, they have to be the, 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 the teams or the conferences or the universities, the, the, the rights holders, the event owners, your partners, the NCAA, United States Olympic Committee, and the national governing bodies in, in all sports. Uh, has to be the, the media in, in many cases to tell your story, traditional media, mm-hmm. social media. Uh, and, and and of course the, the fans you know the fans you have to do something that the fans are right. excited about and, and so you have to pull that team together which, which allows you to sort of stay in business it, it allows you to to uh, uh, to, to execute uh, operate you know produce uh, the events that you produce but but it's 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 those relationships that that are so important and, and so for me you know it comes down to it comes down to team and it comes down to relationships so that's uh that's the ladies and gentlemen that's the frank that i know that he's gonna make it about all these other people right but at the end of the day i'm gonna make it about you about frank because it starts with the top so what's your one leadership trait if you had to say as a leader forget all the other stuff because I, I believe in that too it is about team we can't do what we do without our teams right. no doubt about it but what is your personal philosophy well it's it's listening which is really important and I think it's leading by example okay is that you have to be all in okay and and, and I'm not necessarily a good speaker okay but, but if I speak to a group what I hear back all the time is your passion really comes through, okay? And, and so you have to care. So, so, so you have to listen, you have to understand, and, and you have to care. And, and, and if you live it, then, then, then other people are going to want to be part of it. Yeah. When you said earlier, I, I started writing all those things down, that be all in, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a very big deal. Talk to us, um, the Scott Trade Center. I know that's gotten a lot of media. You brought up media, and it's got a lot of media and newspapers and all this stuff, and people have philosophies. But tell us why the Scott Trade renovations are such a crucial thing for the city of St. Louis. Not the sports, not to have better seats and a better ice rink and all that. Why is it crucial for St. Louis to get it done? Well, for St. Louis, it's it has to do with with the, the, the building, what its role is economically, but, but it has also to do with competition, okay? So, so the building itself, in absolute terms, it, it's fine. There are chairs, you know, there are restrooms, you can buy a hot dog, right. uh, there's a scoreboard. But, but competitively, the, the, the building doesn't compete well with, you, you can almost name the city, and, and the city has a built a, an arena that, that's either newer 
or, or recently modernized. And, and that's so important when we go out to bid for a championship. To, to give you an idea what the competition is like, when we bid for the NCAA Wrestling Championships the first time, um, it was 1996, and there were three cities bidding for three years of the tournament. <laughs> Each city got one. This time around, as we wait for the NCAA's decision where they're going to uh, bring the NCAA Wrestling Championships uh, from 2019 to 22, that there are 22 cities wow. that are competing for four years. Um, we're almost a long shot now, okay? Because, again, I don't know which 22 cities they are, but, but I can guess, and, and just about all of them, if not all of them, have a newer building or, or, or a more modernized building. And, and, and that includes cities like Indianapolis, Nashville, Louisville, Kansas City, Minneapolis, Detroit, Cleveland, New York, Pittsburgh, right. Philadelphia. It goes on and on and on. And and uh, um, New York spent a billion dollars to renovate Madison Square Garden. Detroit spending six hundred and fifty million dollars to build uh, a new arena to replace Joe Louis. Cleveland just committed one hundred and fifty million dollars to replace their building, which is about the age of ours. And, and so, if we're going to be competitive at all, we have to get we have right. to get this done. Now, you know, the the, the, the flip side of that is, is Scott Trade is more than just you know, the home of the blues. Scottray is a place we, we all go to, right. uh, no matter which side of the river or which side of any river we live on. You know, we, we take our kids to Disney on ice or, or we go here Taylor Swift <laughs> or, you know, we go to a blues game or an NCAA basketball tournament or, or whatever. And, and so it's a community center, but, but the key to it is, is the competitive nature of, of, bidding for events and bringing events of value to the region. And, and the public sector has a part of that because the building's actually owned uh, by the city and, uh, and, and the Blues ownership groups from the beginning have invested over $700 million in constructing the facility, maintaining the facility, and, and absorbing losses, and and so it spins off money to the uh, to the to the public sector, and and it's great to have a public private partnership to to spend the dollars that, that it's going to take to improve. Right. Uh, you wouldn't know what it's like to have a twenty three year old house. Um, <laughs> right. You're too young, and, and everything's too nice here. But um, when your house is getting to be twenty three years old, it starts needing new furniture and a new air conditioning unit and, and a new TV set and, and new appliances and, and on and on. And, and that's just kind of where we are. And, and it's an important thing for the region. I wish the decisions could be made more regionally, yeah. but the bottom line is that, that it needs to be. Well, I think with the city being a part owner of that, I mean, what people may or may not understand is that that drives revenue, which drives having more police officers with better pay. It drives the education system. I mean, it's better roads. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. So that's why it's huge. And so while we're talking about downtown, we're talking about St. Louis and the Blues, let's just go maybe a block, block and a half up the street there, just past Union Station. Let's talk about MLS soccer coming to St. Louis. Or the hopes, I should say, of St. Louis uh, getting it. Yep. Again, you know, you, you want as much of a regional dialogue and a regional solution as possible. 
The bottom line is that there's a vote in the city April 4th, which is a sort of an all or nothing vote. If, if it doesn't pass, it's very, very unlikely that, that the city won't be built and, and, and MLS very likely won't be here. Um, and it, again, it's not just MLS, okay? It's, it's downtown development. It's trying to create a little bit of critical mass. It's it's trying to look at you know, take a more holistic view of of downtown and, and its role in the region and and we see what what great stuff is going on uh, on the arts grounds, uh, ballpark village and Bush Stadium renovations to Sky Trade Center renovations to Union Station, Ferris Wheel, the, the aquarium you know however that turns out yeah. the, the the soccer stadium would be a block uh, to the west of Union Station. Uh, the NGA project coming in, uh, you know, just a few blocks uh, north of there on Jefferson. You, you want to build some critical mass. You, you want to build some attractions to people that want to make people want to come downtown. Right. Um, you you, you want to make sure that downtown is safe. And and until you can sort of get all those things working in synergy, like like you can't just have one. Right. The downtown can't just be safe. But, but the safety has to work with the activity and, and has to work with with, with the energy to, to, to make it, you know, sort of this whole positive yeah. thing. And, and so soccer can be a, a, a significant part of that. And, and I'd love people to look at it that way. That, you know, the vote in, in April, is, it doesn't come directly out of people's pockets. It's a, it's a business use tax. It, it's a tax that, that fans who buy tickets and, and go to the games will pay as well. So, so it doesn't really hit you and I in our, in our own pockets unless we're, uh, you know, unless we're a soccer fan. But, but it's really about more than soccer. It, right. It's about, you know, it's about energy and it's about vitality and it's about a, a region that needs to be attractive to draw people to it. Yeah. Okay. And, and so in, in that regard, it's not too different from technology jobs or, or for good schools. And, and, and a line that I use all the time, and it's not my line, uh, I've stolen from Becky Hatter. Becky James over at uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters, and she probably stole it from, from somebody <laughs> else. But it's a, that this region has to be an and region. Yeah. It can't be an or region. So it's not about soccer or education or public safety or economic development. It's about all of those things. Yeah. Okay. And and so we have to figure out transportation and airport and. And you know neighborhood development and public safety and 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 we have to have however it happens we have to have less duplication of facilities and services and more efficiency and and we have to you know just sort of build through a more regional approach a, a more attractive region. And for those that want to get involved and help bring Major League Soccer that that. Brings everything else you just talked about the city of St. Louis. I'm assuming we can go to the Sports Commission. Yeah, everything's on the Sports Commission website. There is an MLS uh, stadium website as well, but but it's all linked through 
rstlsports.org. Okay. And, and so uh, and they can see how they can get involved and help out. Even if they don't live in the city of St. Louis, they can help out by doing that. Absolutely. Um, and uh, um, it's, it's important, again, the regional nature of it. And, and so our own website connects to, uh, to volunteer opportunities. It, it connects to teams and events. It connects to sportsmanship and the museum awards. It connects to, uh, uh, to, the, to the soccer opportunity. And, uh, uh, you know, the more we think about these things as, as regional, I, I think the better off we're going to be. Yep. So when you think about, um, that stuff. So walk walk our listeners through just maybe quickly about what's the process to get an NCAA Final Four. And I say that one just because that's kind of the one that everybody knows about. Sure. And they're bidding for events. They're, they're a lot like your kids, okay? <laughs> they have a lot of similarities, but they, but they also have sort of some important differences. And, and so every event, just about every event, has a, has a bid process. And the bid process kind of is made up of, of similar components, but, but maybe weighted a little bit differently and structured a little bit differently. And, and so um, you know, bids are competitive. Um, bids have a financial component to them. Um, sometimes it's a guarantee. Sometimes it's a, it's a split you know, be, between the rights holder, the owner, like the NCAA, and, and the community and the facility. And, and so you you look at the package that can be offered um, relative to the specifications and the requirements of, of the bid. And, and so you see you have to have a, a facility, an arena, a stadium. You have to have that financial package and sponsors, ticket sales, uh, how the money is, is split. You, you have to have, there's a media component to it. There's a destination component to it. What are the hotels like? What's the airport like? There's a geography component to it. There's a cost component to it. Where do they want to bring the event? Is it cost prohibitive to bring it to New York or, or Los Angeles? Does our walkable compact downtown make a positive difference relative <laughs> to that event? And, and so you put that all together. Okay, and then you deliver a package to the event owner, and and sometimes your, your package, you know, looks great. And and wrestling is one of those examples. It's you know, wrestling is a heartland sport, yeah. right in the heartland of America, and and, and it, it's not it's not sort of a, a huge home field advantage as if you brought the event to to Iowa or or Oklahoma. Uh, although we love our partners with Mizzou, but it's, it's that walkable downtown. Wrestling's a family. They love to come to town. They know where they stay. They know where they eat. They walk to the um, to the arena. It, it just feels like home. Right. Okay. But then you look at an event. You brought up like a Final Four, men's basketball Final Four, and and all of a sudden we're starting to struggle a little bit because we're not winning all the categories. Okay, we have a fine airport, but but we don't win airport when we're competing with Dallas and Atlanta and Minneapolis, right. you know, and and, and other hubs. Um, we have a we have a great downtown, 
but you know we look a little longingly at the Riverwalk in in San Antonio. You, you may look a little longingly at the weather that, that they may have this uh, uh, this year in uh, in Phoenix, um, and and you sort of realize that that you know our building, um, the, the dome is a great building, but it's now uh, twenty one years old and you're competing with the building in Dallas which is yeah. seven or eight years old and the building in Atlanta which is better than the building in Dallas that's opening next year and, and Minneapolis is getting a new building Indianapolis has a new building and, and so all of a sudden you look at these important characteristics we don't have the most money we don't have the biggest airport we don't have the newest dome and, and now it becomes really tough to compete for an event at, at that level, so so you have to you have to be efficient in what you bid for. We, we keep bidding for the final four because there's you know there's a chance right. and it's such a valuable event for community. But but by and large, you have to bid for events you can win. And you know wrestling's been our sweet spot. NCAA basketball's been our sweet spot between the Missouri Valley Conference and and NCAA postseason tournament basketball. Um, we've probably played more games here than you know maybe any city other than New York, because they have yeah. the Big East and, and the NIT every year. But but we are right up there in the top two or three or four cities with with NCAA postseason. Basketball, and, and so you find your sweet spot, and and uh, and and you build the relationships and and the reputation in those areas, and and you present the best package that you can competitively to win an event. So, uh, name some of the stuff we got coming up. I think SEC. Uh, obviously, you got the Missouri Valley coming up. Uh, yeah, the Missouri Valley tournament coming up every year. Um, this year in in, in mid March, we have the uh, on the same weekend. The NCAA Wrestling Championship at Skytrade Center. The NCAA Women's Frozen Four College Ice Hockey Championship. And, and I went to the Women's Frozen Four in uh, Durham, New Hampshire last year of campus at the University of New Hampshire. And what a great sport. I mean, it is fast. It is good. Um, the the, uh, um, the student-athletes are, are so proud of, of what they accomplished. The, the alums, the women's college hockey alums, all come back for the wow. men, and, and they love it. And, and it's you know it's the big time schools like Wisconsin and Boston College and Minnesota that, that you're going to see in that tournament. It's out at the Family Arena, okay. St. Charles, and, and well worth it, especially if you have um, daughters and, and granddaughters who might have an interest in the sports. It was a great hockey town, and, and this adds to that. So that's going to be fun. Um, the uh, NCAA Gymnastics Championships are coming in, in April. Um, we love that because it connects to other gymnastics events that we've done. Uh, the National Championships twice, the Olympic Trials once, uh, April 14 and 15 this year at, at Chaffetz Arena, the NCAA Championships in Gymnastics. And we bring those back again next year. And then hopefully bid for the Olympic Trials again in, in, in 2020. Um, we're looking at next year the SEC men's basketball tournament. We hope that Mizzou has a better season next year, but we're still going to welcome the fans from uh, uh, from Kentucky, St. Louis. <laughs> you know, when they go to uh, uh, New Orleans, they call it Blue Orleans. Okay. Okay. And uh, and when they come to St. Louis, I think they may turn it into. 
St. Louis. There you go. Yeah. I see my, I gotta, I gotta admit my, my brother-in-law went to Kentucky. My wife's cousins go to Kentucky. So a lot of Kentucky fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's going to be a great event. Yeah. Uh, we, we can't wait to support the Bell Reeve on the hundredth, the centennial PGA championship out there next, uh, uh, next August, August of, uh, of 18. Maybe Tiger will be back by then. Well, if Tiger's not back, maybe Jordan <laughs> yeah. will be back. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a great event no matter <laughs> no. what. We, we, we do our annual Biz Dash every year, which is a, a, a corporate run in downtown St. Louis. It's a, a yeah. lot of fun. And we did that, by the way, and it was phenomenal. You guys did a great job with that. So I would plug that for all the businesses to show up to that. It was a great team building event for us. And, uh, you know, why not have a, a, an adult beverage, a hot dog, and go run a 5K? Absolutely. It's going to happen August 31st of this year. All the information on our website. The uh, music awards happen every year at Peabody Opera House. And, and this is really cool. This is something that, that I already have on my, on my sites. Um, the museums celebrate uh, good sportsmanship and, and the best stories, the best people of sportsmanship mm-hmm. from across the country uh, over the past year. And... Uh, that event is the Saturday evening before Thanksgiving every year. And in 2020, the Saturday before Thanksgiving actually happens to be, by sheer coincidence, the 100th anniversary of Stan Musial's birth. Wow. To the day. To the day. Unreal. And so as we work to build St. Louis uh, into the, the sportsmanship capital of the world, and, and we use the, the museal name and the museal grace and the museal style to, to build it. Um, here's the perfect convergence uh, of that uh, a few years down the road. But, but an event that, that is for everyone. You know, our, our tickets are, are as low as $10. And, and if you have a, a kid's sports team that you want to bring to the show, you, you can bring them along as our mm-hmm. guests. And, and it's got great support from Maryville University, uh, been our title sponsor pretty much since the beginning. Um, great corporate community support um, and, and, a, and a, a fun, fun evening. It is. It's a great meet, evening. You get to meet some, some really incredible people. We had uh, Arnold Palmer two years ago. Yeah, I get to, that's one of my dad's you know heroes, right? And so I get to bring my mom and dad and my wife and I uh, – to that and see Arnold Palmer. That was really, really neat. Right before, I mean, not too far before he died. Might have been his last uh, yeah. you know, non-sports um, uh, appearance. Um, you know, just a, you know, a memorable moment in St. Louis sports history. Um, you know, we had Joe Torrey the year before. We, we've had, you know, some, some big names, but the stories are, are what steal the heart, you know. And, and and the cool thing about it is is that it's it's little kids, it's seniors, it's every sport. You know, it's cross country, and right. it's tennis, and it's wrestling, and baseball, and football, and basketball, and you know, you name it. And and, and we find the story. And, and I think what's happening is these stories are are more and more visible. You know the. Social media helps that a lot because something good happens and somebody picks it up and somebody shares it and you become more aware of it. But but it spreads and and it and it builds an awareness 
that this is this is important, and uh, uh, and, and and so we want to take that event much more national. We celebrate national honorees, but but there's not enough national awareness of, of the show. And, and so we're gonna keep building it in, in St. Louis. We wanna bring on a national media partner. We wanna bring on a national sponsorship partner. Um, you know, but, but we love Channel 5 and, and we love Maryville and, and, and our other uh, wonderful partners. Um, and, and I just love the fact that it's kind of who we are yeah. and, and, and that, that really, you know, gives us the desire and the drive. So name, uh, name a couple sports stars, if you will, people, you know, our listeners, we all know them. You got any good sports stories you can share? My favorite, my favorite sports story. Um, and I'm not even sure it's close. Jackie Joyner Curse. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Jackie was our board chair. Uh, from 1997 to 2000 and you know if, if I have a sports hero it would be her and whenever I would introduce Jackie at a, at a board meeting or dinner or, or any place even even to this day I always say Jackie and I have six Olympic medals <laughs> we, we have three gold a silver and two bronze it's not that important how many of those she won and how right. many of those I won it's just details that's just the detail the most important part is we're a good team right okay and and she laughs every time I do that and I saw her in the airport not too long ago and we're just chatting just a chance meeting and and as we're leaving you know people are obviously walking by they see that's Jackie Turner she's talking to some schmo you know and, and, and so as we're leaving we're about I don't know 20 feet apart or something and, and she says don't worry Frank I'm taking good care of our metal <laughs> people are looking around <laughs> now what's going on yeah. and, and so uh, you know I, I really do feel like I have a share in in, in, in her uh, greatness because um, you know I learned from her the same things I learned from you know from Dave the the resilience and the, and the perseverance and and the, the, you know Jackie you know just the style and the grace and the class and uh, you know what a great story and, and what you know what a wonderful thing that that she you know she continues to live in this region you know she has her East St. Louis roots her East St. Louis um, youth center uh, her her St. Louis pride and and uh, you know she's absolutely an inspiration and she has this incredible sense of humor that 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 I just love so so Jackie's far and away my uh, that's great uh, my sport. well I'm gonna, I'm gonna close then with a uh, Jackie Joiner Kersey question I ask a lot of our guests and uh, I try to always give her credit for that question but. Would you say, as Jackie would ask, did you envision your success or are you surprised by it? I think I'm more surprised by it. Um, you know, that, that, that I knew all along that I wanted to work in sports. That's not a tough one. Who, who wouldn't want to work in sports? But, but as I got into it, I, and, and I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of this at the beginning, the, the civic side of sports okay and and what impact can sports have on a community and, and on a life and, and and as my career developed that became the thing that i was most interested in 
And, and so, like, all, all of a sudden, you know, we've, we've built this organization that's doing those things. Right. And, and so, you know, I, I know I had the passion for sports, but, but I really didn't know kind of what it could turn into. Yeah. So, so I guess I, I have to weigh in on that's this. a good answer. Side. It's a good answer. Yeah, well, I mean, sports is so big, right? I mean, we I think we have something at Visionaries, like fourteen uh, college athletes. I mean, so you you know you take the sports and what it's going to do to the business world, and uh, and then you take that business world and what we're doing with the Sports Commission Board and all those things. It's a uh, it's great to see. It's great to see what you're doing. I appreciate your time and you being here because you're a busy, busy man. And so I'm just thankful that you're here and uh, all the work that we're doing. Where can our listeners find more of uh, Frank? You a social media guy? Yeah, a little bit of Facebook, but uh, um, you can always reach me through the website, stlsports.org. We do have, uh, you know, we have Twitter accounts and we're on Instagram and we're on Facebook and 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 you can follow the organization all, all over the place. But yeah. I love to hear from uh, I love to hear from people with ideas. I, I love to hear from people who care about sports and the benefits that they can provide. And uh, you know, I, I'm just glad to do it in a region that cares so much. Yeah, great people, great leaders. Well, we appreciate your time, Frank. Thank you for being on the Circuit of Success podcast. Thank you, Brett. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.